Hello everyone and welcome to the second edition of the Mega Podcast. I'm your host, Gaz. And I'm Dan. The man who is cracked and a ding-dong at the very, very same time. Right, in the last episode we talked about WrestleMania 31 and at the time it was coming. And now it has already been. On my face. All, all <laughs> over the place, making a mess like an excited teenager. Yeah. So what, what are we going to do in this episode? Yeah, well, we're probably going to... Uh, I just want to, if anything, address something. Uh, a we bit of controversy. Yeah, a little bit of controversy. We seem to have got a lot, a lot of heat. Considering we've only ever, we've only put out one episode, and I think we've probably been listened to by about four people. Actually, it's 25 last check. 25, thank you very much. We've got the best fans in the world. Um, we get a lot of heat regarding uh, things that were said about a certain Luke Harper... Um, I want to address it because I'm getting. I mean, we didn't think at the time. We were just it was just our opinion. Um, that's what we thought of Luke Harper. He's sort of you know he's obviously a good worker. A good worker. <laughs> but it's he's not my favourite. And from the sounds of things, he's an underrated worker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just so happened it wasn't scripted or nothing. Um, it just so happened. Well, none that, of it is. But neither of us liked him. But we've had so much backlash, basically, people saying, we don't know what you're talking about, Luke Harper's awesome, um, where have you been for the last three years to say that he's shit? Um, so, if anything, I'm probably going to carry on slagging him off now, because <laughs> I know it generates heat. And when you're a hashtag heel... You've got to do these things. So heel, yeah, heel for Harper. Heel for Harper. That is that's the hashtag of the day. Heel for Harper. Yeah. So yeah. So expect plenty more. I mean, he's probably a really nice guy, and he's massive, and he's got a beard. So I'm he, sure he's a lovely man. He probably is a nice man. But yeah, expect lots of Luke Harper jokes in the coming weeks. Anyway, but ra- take but don't take them to heart. No, don't. It's all in good fun. Exactly. We're all here to have a laugh, so don't take it to heart. No. And. As always, if you have an opinion, do do voice it, because we have an opinion and you guys do too, so please voice your opinion. Yeah, Don't definitely. be afraid to not voice your opinion, as we're going to prove by constantly saying that Luke Harper is poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, if anything, it was just nice to get feedback at all. No, I didn't think anyone all, was going to listen to it. It was nice to have a conversation with people, because when you're doing this kind of thing, you don't think you're going to spark much, but then just... The amount of conversation that started from the last podcast has mm. been really nice. So, even though it's come from a heel turn, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been really nice to have conversations flowing. So, yeah, keep it going, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, any, like I say, when you've listened to this podcast as well, any feedback you've got, leave it in the comment section because it's all welcomed. Yeah, but um, WrestleMania 31, what, what an event. What a fantastic! Probably, I'm gonna go out on a limb by saying it was probably the one of the best WrestleManias that I can remember for a long, long time. It was, yeah, oh. it's it's quite the general consensus on this yeah. really because when a lot of people looked at the card on this, they thought it's gonna be all right. Mm. And toward when it was getting closer and closer to the day, I started to panic and think, "What if it's not as good as I'm hoping it's gonna be?" and yeah. everything like that. But in all honesty, they, they, the company did really well and they, they put on a cracking show. Definitely. There was one or two slow bits, which I'll get to when I'm um, when we're in depth talking about it. But yeah, in, in general, it was a very, very good event and it was very enjoyable. And the fact that by the time it finished, a non-fan of wrestling 
finished the event and said, I, you know what, I really enjoyed watching that. Oh, it was, uh, and, and now that person is going to happily watch other events with me now, so I'm really chuffed about that one. Right, if, if ever you can make a uh, a new fan of anything, really, just by watching one event. I mean, it went from um, sort of asking who's that, who's that, who's that, to marking out by the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, wow, you know, that is... That's impressive. That is really, really impressive. And then before we go into this as well, I just want to put out a um, not a word of warning, but kind of like a, a thing out now before we start. There will be some references to another podcast, which we are quite fans of. We're, we're unashamed, unashamedly. Thank you. With that, um, we're, we're not going to hide the fact that we're fans of this podcast. The OSW, um, OSW Reviews... Um, we took a lot of their ideas and put them into watching the event. Basically, like, made a game out of it. Yeah, it's it's a game that we can highly recommend to any. Yeah. If any of you out there, and I don't think there's a lot of you out there that haven't heard or watched the OSW reviews, mainly because our the majority of our listeners are people from the uh, <laughs> yeah. the classic wrestling uh, Facebook page, which we also run. Yeah. Um, Facebook.com forward slash classic wrestling. Uh, wrestling memory. Yes. Um, they when they do the reviews, um, they play a game called What Bar, and you basically um, you basically take the colours of the wrestler's attire, yeah, and, and match it up to like a chocolate bar or just whatever you or a think drink of. or yeah. anything really. And we we had a good good bit of fun doing it, and we obviously picked out our boys as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we may reference the OSW guys, but um, we're not stealing from them anything. That we're just. Stop paying, paying homage yeah, and sort of tipping our hat to them and saying we appreciate all the work those guys are doing. If they do happen to be listening, then yeah, we do like you guys and we really enjoy what you do. And if ever you would like, if you do listen to what we're doing and you think, you know what, them idiots sound like our type of idiots, we'd quite happily collaborate with you and maybe even come for a beer with you. Who yeah. knows? It's early yeah. days, yeah. yeah. But yeah, WrestleMania 31, it was Sunday, March the 29th, 2015. It was at the Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California, on the Bay Area. Yeah. Bay Area, home of some of the greatest thrash bands of all time. And for once, we watched it live. Yes, we did. We did. On, on the network. And we actually panicked, because <laughs> yeah. um, for the last three weeks, for some of you that don't know, I've had broadband problems. And um, on our uh, in, a, in, an alt- in an alternate life that we lead, we were interviewing a gentleman for a, yeah, I won't mention what it's for, and we lost the interview, was it three times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my broadband kept cutting out and the Skype kept cutting out. So we did watch WrestleMania on tender hooks thinking, shit, is it going to cut out on us? It stopped but, once. Yeah, but thank God. It, and then the last time was my fault, but I'll tell you about that when we get there. Yes, yes. But yeah. Oh, it, yeah, and... Um, well, Word out there now, as I don't know, I keep interrupting, but I don't care. Um, if you haven't watched WrestleMania 31, you should have guessed by the title of the of the podcast, but there will be spoilers in this. Spoilers galore. Yeah, there will be spoilers galore in this. So if you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend you go watch it first and then come back to this because we are going to talk about each match in detail, about the winners and the losers. So. Mm-hmm. If you're not bothered about buying that, then carry on. But if you haven't seen it, I would highly suggest you go back, watch it, and then come back. Yes. 76,976 people 
paid to watch WrestleMania at the in Levi's Stadium. Flesh. Yeah, I mean, I think from what I read, tickets ranged from, I think it was $35, which was up in the heavens, at the nosebleed seats. And if you wanted one of them posh seats at the front where... Uh, you get to take it home. Yeah, you get to take your own seat home and everything. I think they range at something like $2,000 a go. Mm. So, yeah, crack on, go figure. Um, so should we get to the yes. pre-show? Yes, yes, yes. It kicked off with what's, what, in my opinion, was was probably one of my favourite matches of yeah. the whole night. was the Fatal 4-Way tag team match, which was between the Usos, um, the, the Los Matadores, then Diego and Fernando. The, with what, El Torito. With El Torito, the little man. Um, new day! The new day, your boy. Hi, <laughs> Biggie. He's one of my boys. Yeah, Biggie Langston, Biggie Langston, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods. Looking a lot like a packet of fizzy chewing. Yes. If I've got to say, they were yes. wearing like silver and green outfits. Yes. And they were full fighting against the tag team champions who arguably, according to me and my friend, Mr. Sam Burgess, and if you're listening, Sam, and I think you do listen to the podcast, uh, hello, mate. Hope your recovery's going well from your operation. The in our opinion the best tag team in the WWE at the moment is uh, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd I have to agree with that statement they're absolutely awesome yeah they are if anything they're a real throwback to sort of classic tag teams yeah because you've got like the sort of the powerhouse who does all the big moves and he's just strong and there's no bollocks with him and then you've got Tyson Kidd who's like the mat technician and he's got a bit of that sort of high flying prowess about him so if anything, they deserve to be tag team champions. Well, even going into this match, they deserve to be tag team champions. But this match delivered for me on many, many levels because it had excitement in it. There was a lot of good spots in there. There was high flying. There was the classic spot where um, everybody gets in the ring at the same time. Everybody's fighting. There was even... I actually witnessed a woman put a sharpshooter on a mini bull outside the ring. That was the best part of the match, man. It's one of those moments. It's so absurd, but it's absolutely hilarious and brilliant at the same time. Mm. Because when um, when um, El Torito jumped out, of, I think he kind of jumped out of the ring and he kind of was lying yeah. flat on his back on the floor. And um, Natalia walked over to him, I thought... I, st- I think I started shouting as well, do a sharpshooter on him, do a sharpshooter on him. And then she did it, it was like, yes, well done. It was absolutely brilliant. And we were watching it, I have to say as well, we were watching it on a projector as well. Yeah. So that's it was quite cool. So if, if ever you're going to watch wrestling, um, watch it on a projector, because it makes everything so much better and it just looks cool. Yeah. But I really I really enjoyed the match. That was mm. really good. Um, it's one of those matches where it kind of, it makes you upset the fact that the WWE kind of disregard their tag teams at the moment. Mm. They kind of just push them to the sides. I mean, if you look at it back in, like, I know people always say this, but if you look back to the, the Attitude Era... We look at even the the Hogan Era. Yeah, yeah, but especially the Attitude Era, the tag team division was just gold. Mm. Most big matches were the tag team matches. Yeah. Like, um, for example, you think back to the Attitude Era, what do you think of the ladder matches between Edge and Christian, the Hardys... And the Dudleys mm. and their tag teams. Whereas nowadays, it, I feel tag teams, and it's probably the, it was probably the same back in the day as well. But tag teams these days tend to be, huh? We've got two singles guys who are going nowhere. Let's chuck them in a tag team and see what happens. Tag teams these days are basically like One Direction, um, really tedious link. Yeah. Um, what? One of them leaves. Oh yeah, one of them always leaves. But yeah, the fact that they were all sort of half-decent singers when they auditioned on The X Factor. 
and they thought, right, we can make some out of these, and they chucked them together. That's yeah. basically that's basically how Cesaro and Tyson Kidd were thrown together, but yeah. they worked together so well. Yeah, luckily they've got a good team mm. there. I mean, you look at some of them like um, Ryback and Axel, uh, Curtis Axel, Ryback Axel. They were, yeah. they weren't great. They were. No. And you look at back in the day, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Sergeant Slaughter. They were shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, Rocket Owen Hart and Jim the Anvil Knight, the, yeah. the new foundation. Yeah. They weren't that great. Yeah. But yeah, it was a fantastic match. In my opinion, the uh, the team that should have won won. Yeah, Cesaro definitely. and Tyson Kidd, they retain the tag team titles. Yeah. Um, hopefully should make for some interesting viewing over the next couple of months, especially with um, like the Ascension coming through. And um, Lucha Dragons have now come through from yeah. NXT as well, and they did a... Um, have you watched this week's Raw yet? Uh, I started watching it the other night, but I need to finish it off. All right, okay, yeah, because the, the Lucha Dragons came through on, um, obviously, the Raw after WrestleMania, and... Um, Every, everyone's favourite botchamania icon, Sin Cara. Oh, my yeah. days. But, um, yeah, and they they put on a good show, and they, they they put on good shows in NXT as well, so hopefully, with them bringing some guys up as well from NXT, some tag teams, it's going to make the tag team division a bit more, a lot stronger. Mm. There's quite a few NXT people coming up now, so it's it's going to be, it's going to be quite a fun time in the, uh, the, the company at the moment. But yeah, I really enjoyed the match. It was a prime example of why Cesaro and Tyson Kidd should be the tag team champions. They have all the, the classic tag team moves yeah. and everything like that. So, yeah, I love the match. I, I, it's probably one of my top three of the night, definitely. Mm. And it's a shame that it was on, on the pre-show. I know we get it because we've watched on the network and we could watch it, but I feel sorry for people who don't have the network. Fools. Because they've missed out on it. Mm. They've missed out on a good match. And they've got that weird gimmick where they both wear headphones. I don't yeah. get that. Yeah, I don't get that. But either. yeah, well, no and doubt. Tyson, and Tyson Kidd has cats on his... Yeah, cat he has things like cat fact on his, and his uh, kick print. pad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that, that was followed by the uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. What a trash. Now, we, <laughs> we, did, we did come out and say that we thought Sheamus was going to come in. But it turned out he wasn't. Yeah. Um, if any of you have watched it, um, spoiler alert. But yeah, he comes out on Raw. Yeah, he does. Yeah, sporting a rather Red Rooster-esque sort of Jared Leto 30 seconds to Mars mohawk. Yeah. Um, looks really odd. Complete with Jack Sparrow ringlet in his beard. Yeah. He's sort of got this weird, like, punk rock Viking thing going on. But yeah, we, we speculated that he was going to come out because... Well, that's who I thought was going to win. The majority I... of the people had been announced, and then there was one space open. But it turned out it was for it was the... For the guy from NXT. Yeah, I haven't got his um, name in my notes. Um... Balls. Yeah, he was from NXT. Anyway. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, if I if I can get to his name yeah. while we're talking about the match, then I'll get to I'll uh, I'll get his name up. But yeah, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Um, was a bit upset for the fact that they put out... Um, yeah, Axel Mania was in there for five seconds. That was such an upset. I mean, this, this guy's got a massive following at the moment. And you would have thought they'd say, well, this guy's do, going somewhere. Let's, let's keep him in there for... Um, let's keep him in there for a while. Let's, let's see... Let's, see uh, let's get a bit of fan happiness. I'm trying to get my words up. Yeah, let's, let's keep the fans happy. Let's have him in there for a while and sort of keep it up. But a part of me feels that they'll um, they'll add that to his character. Yeah. Because it's um, it's one of those. It's he's kind of like the downtrodden. Mm. Hideo Itami. Yeah, uh, Hideo Itami. Hideo Itami. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. That's the guy. 
But yeah, that was that was that was the, the major upset for me. And for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I said Shane was just gonna win because I had a real hink, like a real gut feeling that Sheamus was gonna come down and do a spot and then just take over and win. But that didn't happen, so my prediction was wrong. And your thought hope nearly came true. Yeah, Miz Dow. He was yeah. he, he proper face turned on uh, on the Miz. Because the last three people in the ring were the Miz, Miz Dow, and the Big Show. And Big Show just kind of kicked back and just watched the uh, the madness unfold. Yeah, and um, it was you could just see it building and building and building, and all of a sudden, boom, the face turned, and it was like this is awesome. And then they ruined it. Yeah, they ruined it. But it was one. It was one of those. Um, it was brilliant though because. It, it was, was just so organic, and you could see it. It would been building for months. Yeah, yeah, and it was good to see sort of like a, a climax to that storyline. Mm. But it, I thought the last few moments, if it would have ended the way we all wanted to, it would have been absolutely incredible. But I think it was good anyway, because everyone, I mean everyone in the room we were in, were just on the edge of their seats. Yeah. We were all, and that was including the person who wasn't originally a fan of wrestling. No. Nope. Was getting behind it and just like shouting saying no he can't get out no and yeah. then whenever he'd be nearly eliminated we'd all be like go, just shouting and then and then yeah when it happened we all just went oh what a bag of shite yeah and the fact the big shit won the fact that he was posing by the trophy to yeah. try and look like Andre the Giant and it was like no it, it, he did it again on Raw it's quite sad really because I uh, last night I watched um WrestleMania Rewind, The Rock and Stone Cold from WrestleMania 15, and it showed clips of when Paul White come out at the come out of the ring at the St Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, when he come out from under the ring. Yeah, and the way he moved. I mean, all right, that was what how many years ago? Oh, it was donkeys. Um, about 15, 16 years ago. Um, could be, yeah. Yeah, so round round that neck of the woods, anyway. And you think how well he moved. And he was a lot thinner, and you just think, mate, if you lose a bit of weight, then you'd probably be all right. Your knees would be able to cope, but he's just crap. He's yeah. only, I mean, let's be honest, and it's a horrible thing to say, but he's only there because he's the world's largest athlete. Yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. Yeah. I, I hate the big show. I mean, I've had people saying to me, well, why, if he's so bad, why isn't he one of your boys? I said, no, because I hate him that much. Yeah. It's him like, and Kane are just a no-go for me. If you And the pair of them were in the Battle Royal. But yeah. luckily, they kind of melded into everyone else, so I yeah. couldn't really see them. But, yeah, it was a shame that Big Show won, because I think if Mizdow would have took it, it would have just got such an amazing reaction. It, it got a big reaction anyway, because people were, like... I think people were out for blood because th- he lost. Yeah, I think it would have been a nice touch if him and Miz would have been the last ones in the ring. Yeah. And the Miz obviously would have expected him to do the job, and he was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going out and putting him out." Maybe power slam Miz out yeah. the ring or something. But you know, you, you you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. That's the pre pre show over. <laughs> The uh, the first match of the main card was a seven-man ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship involving the defending champion Bad News Barrett and challengers Daniel Bryan, R-Truth, Dean Ambrose, our boy Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler and Stardust. What's your thoughts? Well, when we um, when we record the last show, which you haven't heard, then you should go back and listen to that as yes. well. Yeah. But we said this is probably going to be the match of the evening. Mm. And... 
to be honest, it didn't disappoint. Oh, no, no. It no, didn't disappoint. It was, it, was, it was everything you kind of wanted it to be. It was just carnage. And the fact that um, Dean Ambrose had to be taken away. Like, yeah, that was yeah, an awesome spot, that. Yeah, because um, we were kind of... We were kind of ex- trying to explain what a spot was to the non-wrestling fan in the, in the room. And we, and we said, oh, look, there's a ladder set up there just outside the ring. That's obviously going to be for a spot later on. And then, sure enough, it happened. She was like, oh, so that's what you mean by a spot. I was like, yep, that's a spot. Yeah, and the fact that Dean Ambrose was pretty much folded in half. Yeah, that looked on, nasty. Yeah, though. onto a ladder. And the fact that the medical people, the medical people were busy. That mm. night, and the no, they were the underrated workers. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but um, yeah, they kept they had to take him away, and but yeah, there was some cracking moments. And mm. there was obviously the typical stuff like um, people climbing the ladder and jumping onto everyone and all that stuff, and everyone just going ah, sod it, let's just do a big pile on and everything like that. Yeah, Dean, that was it. Um, when everyone was outside fighting, and Dean Ambrose climbed the ladder and sort of. Elbow drop, an elbow drop. Yeah, yeah. That was, I thought that was a cool spot. And just some of the, the stunts with the ladders and stuff. I mean, let's be honest, there's no giving a ladder. No, there isn't, no. You know, and it's not like they've made them out of cardboard or anything like that. No. They are ladders. Yeah, and they've got to be tough enough to support somebody to climb. Yeah. But yeah, there were some brilliant um, bits. Like I, I thought all the best bits generally tend to be between Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler. Mm. It's a shame that... Um, Obviously, bad news. Barrett has lost at rest, is on is into his title at WrestleMania again. Yeah. Because <laughs> he lost to the Miz last time, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. But yeah, it's a shame he lost it again. Because I was looking forward to him winning. Because when he was coming down the aisle, he was doing like, "I'm the bloody champion." I was like, "Yes, go on." So that's who I wanted to win. I wanted um, bad news Barrett to win, but yeah. you, you won that one. You got. Yeah. You said Daniel Bryan. I said Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um, Let's be honest, if they were going to bring prestige, like they've, yeah. they've said all along, they wanted to bring prestige back to the Intercontinental Champion. Because, I mean, you look at the list of people who have held it. I mean, Pat Patterson, Honky Tonk Man, Macho Man, Macho Man, Randy, Man Randy Savage, Ricky, Steen, Ricky Steamboat, Bret Shawn Hart, Michaels, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The, the Rock, Rock, Razor Ramon, even friggin' Jeff Jarrett. You know, bloody hell. I mean, people don't talk about Jeff Jarrett. I know he's a knob. But people don't talk about what that guy's done for the for the business. Well, he's still going, isn't he? Exactly. I mean, if they're going to give... He was, he was in uh, wrestling in New Japan not long ago. Yeah, I mean, they were never going to give it to Luke Harper, were they? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Luke <laughs> Harper. This could... now, now, now is our moment. Luke Harper was in this. I, to be fair, he, he, had, well. he, had, he had one or two moments. Like, when he... He worked. When, when, when he pretty much... Put Dean Ambrose in half. Yeah, I I found in the match, and um, I noticed it in his TLC match with Ziggler. He works best with Dolph Ziggler. I don't know if it's the fact that Ziggler just can work with anybody. But the fact that Dolph Ziggler's tiny and he's large. Yeah, um, but it seemed that the um, Luke Harper's, some of his best spots in the match were with Ziggler. Um, he did put in a solid performance. We should put like a Harper watch like every at every yeah, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he put in a solid performance. But unfortunately, he was wrestling in the same match as one of the best wrestlers in the world today, Daniel Bryan. 
Um, it was. It finished with a really cool bit where they were headbutting. You, yeah, you basically had, in my opinion, the two best guys in the match, Ziggler and Brian, yeah. at the top of the ladder, and they just headbutted the crap out of each other. And then Ziggler fell, and Brian got the belt, and it was yeah, you know. yeah, all the yes, yes, yes. Yeah, belt. and that was really nice. But yeah, he he definitely deserved to win that, and I think he will bring prestige back to the title. And I just think it's going to be interesting now to see who they're gonna. I mean, I'm I'm praying for a, um, a Brian Ziggler program. I really am. Well, they did another match on Raw this week, and it was. Fa- I won't say anything about it because obviously you probably haven't watched it yet. But it was fantastic. Mm. It was a really good, strong match, and I'm kind of hoping it keeps going because they did, the first time they kind of did a match together recently was on an episode of SmackDown, and I think oh, it surprised yeah, everyone. Ziggler and uh, yeah, Daniel yeah. Bryan. And it surprised everyone mm. because people weren't expecting it to be that good, but it really was. And I think that's why they've kind of thought, "Hang on a minute, we've got something here." Yeah. Because they can pull off. Well, let's be honest, they're both cruiserweights. Yeah. Pretty much, they're both cruiserweights, and they kind of bring that cruiserweight feel back to it. Because there's one thing I do say a lot about WWE at the moment is they've kind of gone back to being the land of the giants again. Yeah. And that's why I like the guys like Seth Rollins and that, because they're kind of the littler guys. Mm. So that's... But yeah, with Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler, they've got like a kind of a cruiserweight thing going on. And it's kind of, really cool. It's kind of a, uh, for lack of a better term, a sort of Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage thing going on. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's probably better people I could think you to, but that's just... Off the the, top they're there. the ones that you come to. Yeah. It's because the IC title's involved mm. in it as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, yeah. there's no point in talking about, about any of the others in the match, because our truth was just our truth our trizzle Yeah. Um, Stardust was... Stardust was just... Star- All the others were just... Yeah. Them. Whereas the standout people, in my opinion, in that were... The other five. Well... I, no, I can say two. Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, and mm. Dean Ambrose now and again. Yeah. They were the kind of the standout people in it. Sorry, Luke Harper fans. I know you were hoping for me to do a complete face turn and go, oh no, Luke Harper was absolutely brilliant. I can see why everyone talks about him. To be honest with you, I think I'm going to keep watching him because after people saying you should give him a try, but I think the company needs to... If he's as good as people are saying he is, the company need to give him something more to chew on. Mm. Because, let's be honest, he's not really given a lot. No. He's just no. kind of there. And like I I, I spoke to uh, a few people today on, on, the, on the Facebook page, and like I said, within the confines of the Wyatt family, I thought he was fantastic. It's kind of, it's kind of like D'Lo Brown. It's always D'Lo's fault. Fuck you, D'Lo. <laughs> But yeah, um, fuck you, Britain. <laughs> if you looked at him in the Nation of Domination, he was just, awesome. He was just there. Yeah, he was sort of he, he worked well within the group, but on his own, I sort of. I didn't oh come like on, his European stint. Yeah, but that's just clever writing. Yeah. But yeah, it's that kind of thing. I mean, you know, it. I think even like what it was just suggested today, sticking back with Eric Rowan and get him as a tag team, that'd work. I think they could, dom- as a tag team, I think they could dominate. And I think, obviously, they're not going to be as good as Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. But that's just going to go down the route of, hang on a minute, they're not doing so well on their own, let's stick them back together. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. it'll happen. Yeah. But yeah, that was the ladder match. And then we come to Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Bugbock Rollins, or Rollins, or whatever you want to call him. Henry Rollins, Henry Rollins, because apparently that's where he got his name from. 
and the RKO himself, the Apex Predator, the Viper, Randy Orton. On your thoughts, I sort of start the last one. I thought it was a fantastic match. Um, as of late, um, the last few Orton matches I've watched have been a bit, yeah, because he seems to just punch and kick his way through. But I thought this was a really, really good match of his. It wasn't much different from what he usually does. But they just there was something with him where you could see he was really, really, he was really into it. And you could see he was really trying. If anything, he excelled. And obviously Rollins, as usual, was fantastic. The guy doesn't get enough credit. I really, really believe that. Um, he's, he's, he, he just bumps like a boss um, he works really hard it's very rare you ever see him make mistakes in the ring yeah. it really is yeah even like if you watched him at Royal Rumble I mean let's face it, it at that Rumble, match was amazing yeah. as I said in the last episode that, that match was just fantastic mm, I mean, because of him yeah I mean it's very rare you ever get somebody who alright as far as the wrestling game goes he's not a newcomer I mean he's been wrestling for a while now um, but a newcomer as far as singles wrestling goes I mean can you imagine what within I mean when did the Rockers split up was it 1990 was it end of 91 something like that yeah end of 91 beginning of 92 can you imagine dropping Shawn Michaels then in a triple threat match with The Undertaker and Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, crazy. It wouldn't have happened, because I, I yeah. don't think Michaels could have acted, but Rollins, Sean. It was a case of putting him up against, all right, as much as people slag off John Cena, putting, you know... It, it, big it, face of the company. Yeah, him and Lesnar, in my opinion, are two of the biggest faces, in, you know, not as in, you know, face, heel, blah, 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 but, you know, the biggest personalities in the company. And he excelled. If anything, he, he, he looked as good as, if not better, than the both of them. I thought he looked better than the pair of them. Yeah, but we're going off the uh, the match. But yeah, yeah Or- Orton Cena was fantastic. That Orton act- Cena? Orton Cena, that's what we need. More Orton <laughs> Cena. No, we don't. Yeah, yeah. Orton Rollins was fantastic. The uh, the RKO at the end. That was fun. Everyone has said it, but it was it was brilliant. Absolutely incredible. It was literally out, out of it. nowhere. Yeah. Let's see the vines start again. Yeah. <laughs> RKO. Out yeah, of it was amazing because you just didn't see it coming mm. because it was just it was perfectly executed I think it helps the fact that you have Seth Rollins involved with it because he could pull off the whole balance it on top of Randy Orton's back and then fling it in the air and then Randy Orton just doing an RKO out of nowhere See, I think that's where people have, uh, have been missing out for the fact they're thinking you know, how do we Counter the curb stomp. There you go. Yeah, just chuck him in. Yeah. <laughs> RKO him. RKO him. Straight out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah, it was a brilliant match. Um, I think that's I definitely. Whether, a... I don't know whether it's been my top three. I'm not too sure. I'll keep thinking while we're going through it. But yeah, I, I thought it was a very good match. Seth Rollins once again proved to me that yes, he is my guy. But yeah, it was. It's a shame he lost. Hmm. But. At the end of the day, they probably wanted to get Randy Orton back on the map again. Yeah, and I think this definitely finished off the rivalry. I think I don't. I'll be very, very surprised if they push forward anymore with the uh, with the rivalry. Hey, uh, you say I haven't watched it before. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm just giving it out for people 
who haven't watched, who, who just want to know about WrestleMania. Everyone who's with me will go, uh, yeah, 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 and I'll probably get, I'll probably get crucified or, or ripped apart on the thing you saying you need to watch Raw before you do. <laughs> that. Hashtag heel. Hashtag heel. Yeah. Hashtag heel for Harper. <laughs> I want a little walk down the street. Hashtag half a watch. Yes, that's another one for you. The third match on the main card was... Uh, see, this is unbeknown to me. It was a no disqualification. I didn't know it was a no disqualification. No. I had the feeling it should be because obviously they kept getting the weapons out. Yeah. In like spots on Raw and that. Like Sting would be getting his bat out and Triple H would be getting his sledgehammer out. Sounds like I'm talking about the penises, but there you go. And yeah, I, I, when, they it, when stuff started happening towards the end, which we'll talk about in a minute... And I was like, how can they do that? You said, oh, it's an ODQ match. I was like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> they literally announced it as they were making the uh, entrances. The elaborate entrances. Yeah, the only way to win is by pinfall or submission. And that was it. Not really that elaborate. I mean, Sting sort of just wandered down. But no, then, as no, is no. the norm, every year for the last how many years? Gotta, Too many. Gotta be... Uh, Right. Far too long now. They allocate at least ten minutes to Triple H's intro. Granted, it was quite impressive. It was quite cool this year. But for the I fact, like for the fact that they, you know, they're basically selling Terminator. You know, the fact that you know, he popped up at the top of the ramp with the exoskeletons and then he popped up. It just looked a bit shit. Because yeah. you could see the pole behind him holding up this colossal thing. Yeah, yeah. Because his tiny frame couldn't hold it. Yeah, and the fact that it was blatantly the one... What WrestleMania was it when he had the, the, the gold skull? He has, it, he has it pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But the fact you could tell he'd pretty much gone right, let's just paint over it and make it more mech. Yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, I'm going to... Yeah, I'll pop up in it. was quite cool, though. Yeah, I'm going to... WrestleMania. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I'm going to talk about it in depth a little bit later but I think the one thing for me the general consensus is well in my opinion was I think the fact that it was so light outside ruined it yeah because some of them I mean you know Triple H's entrance can you imagine if that would have been like in the, you know in an arena yeah yeah and it would have been dark with yeah. all the light the stuff they could have done with the lights yeah would have been amazing yeah. but you know such is life like most of the entrances, they were kind yeah. of ruined by the daylight, like um, Bray Wyatt, Wyatt on the Taker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this match, I, I, I think I said it in the in the last podcast. I wasn't going into it with a lot of expectations. Yeah. Um, it was it was a slow burner. It didn't really pick up until. I would say sort of when it got to the middle of the match, it was quite slow. There was a lot you could see. There was a lot of slow reverse headlocks and a lot of spotting yeah a lot. yeah this this is something that i really had a problem with because when the match started and you had all the entrances and i thought right okay let's let's see how they get on and everything like that and sting looked good and, and triple h looked he was good. in really good shape yeah triple h was in good shape as well so i thought right okay we're, we could be into something quite interesting here but then they started they locked up then it was like headlock another lock Headlock, and I was like, "Oh no, it's gonna be one of those, isn't it?" And you could literally see them spotted, mm. and I was like, "Oh no!" And I had loads of, oh, I thought, oh, "God, it's gonna be absolute crap," and this and this. But then all of a sudden, 
it all changed. We basically got transported back to the late 90s. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I mean, first there was the uh, the DX running. All, all of a sudden here was... Yeah. And the mark out that happened in oh, that yeah. room. Yeah. There was two particular people in that room and John went, Oh my God! Yeah, DX, well, Billy Gunn... Uh, X, X Park and Road Dog come running Road down, Dog. come running down and beat up uh, Sting. Who I will be honest, um, for a guy of 56, is in cracking shape. Yeah. But fair play. Yeah, they come running down and uh, beat the, oops, excuse me, beat the crap out of Sting. And then all of a sudden, uh, literally out of nowhere. The funny thing is, right? I remember this quite vividly from that night. We were kind of sitting there thinking. Someone's gonna come down to aid Sting. And I said, it'll be the NWO. And Gaz went, no, no, you won't hear And then literally, I think it was about a minute later, and you saw Hulk Hogan coming out doing his air guitar. And Scott Hall doing his sort of, yeah. like, like he's balancing on a surfboard <laughs> stand. Which, to be honest, he probably needs to do that for medical reasons. Yeah. And then just don't care about his fucking dead ass. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like... It was another lockout moment! It was that moment that wrestling fans have been waiting to see for, like, 20 years. Yeah. DX face off against the NWO, like, properly. But then, all, and then obviously, the next day, all the <coughs> purists were all saying, but the NWO and Sting... Never saw eye to eye in the in the re, in WCW. They would have never looked after Sting back in the day. But it's to prove a point that there it's WWF or WWE against WCW. Mm. That and it was obviously DX against NWO. And basically, the two biggest factions of yeah the respected companies yeah battling it out yeah and they were basically just they, you could if you if you were to go through this on a kayfabe. Um, perspective, you kind of say along the lines of, well, um, NWO have kind of thought, well, he's trying to defend our company here. Yeah. Let's go, help, let's put our differences aside for one moment and let's just go help him out. Mm, mm. But, yeah, th- once all that started to happen, it picked up the match for me and I thought, yeah. yeah. And, that, and to be honest with you, that's probably why they did it. Yeah. It's so it would make people remember the match more. And then... And then I, and another thing I said was, it can't be DX, because Shawn Michaels isn't there. And who popped and up with, sure. a, with a super kick while wearing what? Was, I'm sure he had wellies on. I'm pretty certain he had yeah. wellies on. Shawn Michaels. Only Shawn Michaels could pull off sweet chin music in a pair of wellies. Yeah. It was awesome. But Triple H picked up the, um, the win in that one. You can kind of predict it for the fact that the last three years he's lost every year at WrestleMania... Saying that though, we both said Sting was. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought Sting because. Well, it's kind of shit, really, because he's come in and they're like, oh, it's Sting. Oh, everyone was pooping their pants, going, it's Sting, it's Sting, Sting's here. Oh my God, the and, he's, and, and lost. he's lost. Yeah, so it's like, well, what are they going to do with him now? If they've got this guy in and they've pretty much said, yeah, he's Sting, but he's shit. Yeah. He's no good against Triple H. Like the, like, so then what's the point in putting him up against anyone else? Like Sid Justice, the Millennium Man. And, yeah. Um, was it Earthquake? Was he Earthquake the Shockmaster? Probably. I think it was. But yeah, it's it's stupid because it's it's pretty much ruined it now because it's like, well, what are you going to do with him? And, mm. and they did an interview with him after this week's Raw, which I haven't 
quite got round to it yet. But I'm just wondering what they're going to do with him. I, I get the feeling they're going to just kind of like leave it now. It's just strange because I, I really would have thought Sting would have won the match because of the fact they've brought him in and they've made him they've made him this god among wrestlers and now he's well holy shit no it was uh, Typhoon which was the the, uh, the, the shop master ah right okay yeah and he was just uh, crap but yeah my general thoughts on the match was it was a slut it was to, be, to begin with it was quite crap Mm. The fact that you could see they were spotting, there was a lot of long bits where they were grappling and things like that. But some people say, oh, it was great because it was building tension, but it was blatant spotting. Yeah. And I, and, and I know people will probably, this will probably be another heel term because I've said a bad thing about the Triple H and Sting match. But yeah, I thought it was quite dull, but then once the extra bits came along, it picked up the match for me. If they would have just, if I could just watch that match again and just start. From where DX come in, there you go. And it was nice to see, as much as people slag him off and he is an ass and he does everything for money these days, it was nice to see Hogan on a uh, a physical altercation. Yeah, he took a bump. Took He took a bump. He'd be in a wheelchair now. Yeah, he took a bump and he dished out a few punches. It yeah. Was, it was not you know, for a guy who they said if they were to perform as many back surgeries... As they did, he'd be in a wheelchair. The guy was trading punches and taking bombs, so yeah. I say fair play to Hulk Hogan for that one. Kevin Nash took quite a bad one. Mm. I think it was X Pac that jumped at him. Yeah. And all you saw was Kevin Nash on the floor grip his leg, and I was like, oh no, he's not done his legs in again. He's dead again. <laughs> he's dead again. Well, yeah. So, so your thoughts on the, your final thoughts, kind of on the match? It was a nice look back, especially for like older wrestling fans. It was nice. I think, I think the words you used were, this was a match for the older guys. Yeah, for the old guys. For the guys of kind of like our generation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it was a nice hack back. The match itself was average. Um, if it was anybody else having that match, it, you know, they said, ah, it's crap. But yeah, it, it, was, it was nice to see some old friends again. That's as far as I'm going to say it. It was nice to see some old friends. It was like an old school reunion. Yes. The Divas were up next, where we saw the Bella Twins, Brie and Nikki Bella, against AJ Lee and Paige. I'll leave this one, yeah. because I was the one who was actually looking forward to this one. Yeah. Um, going back to the person, I, I, I'm not going to keep saying the person now, I'm just going to say it. Uh, Jen, who was watching it my year. My other half, who was watching it with us, uh, I want to thank her now for watching it with us, because I know she wasn't really into wrestling when we when I said to her do you want to watch it with us so I do appreciate her watching it with us so thanks Jen for doing that and I did say that to you on the Monday but um it's successfully managed that match and since she keeps going on about how much she hates the Bella Twins so they managed to do that well so yeah, yeah. but I, I thought it was a good match it proved like I said in the previous episode it proved that they put the best people in the ring Okay, um, but the AJ Lee kept getting knocked off the mat all the time, which yeah. is a bit silly. So obviously, poor old Paige had to do it on her own most of the time. Mm. But I thought it was—I thought it was quite a good Divas match. It was—it it was longer than they usually get, which was nice because I think they should get a bit more time because, they, like I've said time and time again, there are some real good Divas in the roster. The real good female workers. Yeah, I mean. God, the day that some of the guys from NXT or some of the girls from NXT come on, 
goal. That's going to set the um, the Divas stable alight. It's going to be brilliant. Mm. But like um, Becky Lynch, for instance. Yeah, Becky Lynch. It's just a shame that she's got such a stereotypical gimmick. Uh, oh yeah, of course it is. But she's a, she's a good. <coughs> Good, good Diva, and she, yeah. she can work really well in the ring. And obviously, yeah, we can't mention Divas in NXT without mentioning Charlotte. Yeah. Woo! Yes. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. There were some really good moments in there. There's a lot of good um, sort of moves. There wasn't many moments. A lot of people, a lot of criticisms that people give to the Divas is the fact that they. Um, there's a lot of times you can see where they're saying right now we're going to do it's like spotting basically you can see where they're spotting you can see where they're basically holding each other's hands through bits in a match mm. and I didn't see any of that I thought it, like I said it proves that they got the best people in the ring oh definitely um, I think as far as wrestling goes the uh, the Bellas have definitely come along leaps and bounds yeah because I mean at one point they were basically just another <laughs> You know, shit. Like the rest of them. But they can really go now. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good divas out there these days. The game seems to have been up. You get the impression that Vince or Stephanie or whoever is in charge of the divas has basically said to them, listen, you want TV time, you've got to basically win over the old school wrestling fans who, you know, they they grew up, like we grew up in, a, in the days where the only sort of women in the wrestling with the exception of China and maybe Lita and Trish Strass. yeah you know a lot of them were just valets you know Miss Elizabeth and Miss Elizabeth you know Sensational Sherry and uh Sean yeah but she was just scary let's be honest uh, you know people like that you know, they were just valets and they basically said to them, I get the impression they said to them listen you want to win them over you've got to wrestle and you've got to wrestle good but you know I will hold my hands up and admit the, the diva, you know, I, I met on many cases. Oh, why are the divas on there? It's not even for the title. They should have put the one of the pre um, the pre show matches on the event. But they proved me wrong. Um, it was a really really well contested match. Um, it was nice to see the good guys because as far as the divas go, the the uh, the Bellas are usually the like the dominating force in the Divas division so it was nice to see the good guys get a, a win for a change which I said in the last episode yeah I was right mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah <Not> for me <laughs> but yeah it was nice to see the good guys get a thing and it's nice that um, Paige got the chance to sort of show, show off what she can do because yeah. usually you know the Divas they get like a couple of minutes on Raw um, they get to put in a few little spots and that's about it but it was nice to, that they could show off that the girl is as a genuine wrestler, she's not just there for as a gimmick or because she's a girl. Um, you know, she's got talents. And she takes bumps. Yeah, and she's seasoned. And she even did a rolling like a yeah, like, like, a, rolling, a, like, a, like a rolling somersault. Yeah, so, somersault plancher yeah. off the off the ring apron to the arena floor, which was a, a nice little spot. But yeah, they they proved me wrong. I mean, it's a shame that there isn't more divas with their sort of talents. I mean, all right, there's Natalia, but for me, she's in a league of her own. She's a, she's a half. Yeah. You know, she's in a league of her own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely need more talent like 
like those four that were in the ring at WrestleMania. Because I think if they did, more people would start up and say, you know what, these guys can actually wrestle. Yeah. I think, and there was a real, in the pre-show, there was a real good thought that came out. It was like, there was a thing they were doing, like, ask Lita, because they had Lita there doing, like, an interview. And it was a real good idea that came up. And I thought that would make a cracking match at next year's WrestleMania. It was Team Bestie, which was Lita and Trish Stratus against the Bella Twins. I think that would be an amazing match. Mm. If they, if Lita and Trish Stratus can still go, oh, I'd, I'd love to see that. Because those two were amazing back in the day. Mm. I mean, one time they headlined Raw, yeah. Lita and Trish Stratus, and they put on an amazing show. I think they wrestled for about half an hour, mm-hmm. and everyone was on the edge of their seat. Yeah. So I think if they could make that happen, WWE, if you're listening, make that happen next year. Team Bessie versus the Bella Twins. And if you're also uh, listening, link our podcast on your official website. Yeah, do that as well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, make Team Bestie against uh, the, the Bella Twins. Make yeah. that happen. Yeah. Make it happen. Yes. In the tussle for the WWE United States Championship, the defending champion Rusev, who at the moment is undefeated in the WWE, accompanied by returning manager Lana... The uh, the storyline being that she wasn't there because she showed emotion, but turned out she was just filming a film. Uh, what was With it? Edge. With Edge, yeah. yeah. He was facing off against uh, everybody's favourite wrestler, John Cena. John Cena, sir. Yeah, we, as soon John Cena, sir. As soon as he come out with like his sort of his angry face on, yeah, the the fans were chanting John Cena stuff. But I think by the end. Um, I don't know if it was just me, but you could hear like a slight sway in the... Uh, probably a very minute one. But no, I'm sorry. John Cena's entrance. My God. He might... It was It was pretty much, here you are, here's a plate of cheese. He's it not... was that cheesy. It was like, here you are, have some cheese. Have sniff my cheese, your mother. Yeah, it's like, oh look, there's a bald eagle. Oh look. There's, there's all the American fields of green and there's that statue yeah. of the soldiers holding the flag. Yeah, oh no, look, 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 everyone. There's our troops, because we're all behind them in what they do. You might oh, have... look, there's the Statue of Liberty. Oh, there's the Statue of Lincoln. Oh, isn't this so American? You can so get behind John Cena now. No. <laughs> no. no, they you might as well have. Pl- they might as well have just played the um, Team America. Yeah, I think Jen did say you should have. They should have just played America. Fuck yeah. Or even the uh, was it the? What would you do if you were to go up in prison for freedom? Or what was the? Uh, was it a Wendy's advert or something about? Oh yeah, uh, the, the pancake. The pancake. Red, white, and blue pancake. What do they taste like? America. Yeah. Because you just played that advert. Yeah. On a loop. Yeah, exactly. And then John Cena run out. Granted, I John did. Cena, I did steal John Cena's pop. Yeah. Because uh, I went for a wee as uh, Rusev was coming out, and I had this fiendish idea. So uh, remembering that my missus does have a couple of John Cena t-shirts, I run upstairs and put one on, and waited at the top of the stairs like an absolute knob, <laughs> waiting for his uh, big murka thing to finish. As soon as his music hit, I run first to the door, Abadou, and... And I called you a knob. Yeah, and that was it. <laughs> this was a surprisingly good match. I think when pushed, Cena can wrestle to a 
decent standard. But you could still count. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see, you could see the five moves of doom. Yeah. Oh, without question, he wouldn't be seen. And sometimes I get the impression he doesn't defend people. Yeah, because you see him when he goes up for the five knuckle shuffle. You can see he sort of looks round, and a lot of the times he's sort of giggling because yeah. he knows how much it annoys people. Yeah. But that's you, the thing. I sorry to interrupt you. That's the thing I like about John Cena is the fact that even though he gets so much hate, he kind of just takes it in his stride and he kind of just goes, "Yeah, I know you hate me, but." Fuck yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I've I always said it with his his series of matches with CM Punk. Um, if you push Cena hard enough, you will get something good out of him. You know, if he's wrestling sort of half-assed on the he's at like the second or third match on Raw against Our Truth or Our Truth, yeah, or somebody like that. You know, you're gonna get Bob standard Cena, but you put him up against somebody good like Rusev. And Rusev pushes him and pushes him. You're going to get a really, really good John Cena. Um, and I think it's that's what he needs. Um, people forget that, you know, the guy, when he first came into the organisation, it was the, uh, the whole ruthless aggression thing. And he slapped Kurt Angle in the face. You know, and he put in a really, really good match against him. People forget that. People just say, oh, you know, he's just a, a super over baby face and he's just... He's a nice guy, and he's for the charity and for the children and all that. Like, he's never give up. Yeah, you know, people don't give him credit for the fact that he can. Why can't he have Rick Astley as his team? Mm, might as well. Never gonna give you up. Yeah, that would work. But yeah, I thought this match wasn't bad. I mean, all right, we all predicted the outcome. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, I think you, I think you actually said Rusev, you know. I wanted Rusev to win. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time, like, um, stuff like that, you sort of think, no, not even they can. Uh, you know, they spent what? How long now building Rusev yeah. to be this uh, unstoppable force? Yeah, this basically this monster who has never been pinned and has never lost. And he's just basically a, the beastiest beast in the history of beasts. Uh, I mean, he made his first entrance on the Royal Rumble last year. Um, jumped in the ring and basically battered CM Punk. So you think for, what, 15 months now, the guy's been undefeated? Yeah. So. And now it's gone. Yeah, and now, <laughs> now it's gone. It's like, you know, what are they going to do now? An interesting thought which has come up is maybe put him in the ring against Lesnar. Yeah, I like that idea. Because that could be quite interesting. Two big guys like that, just the two powerhouses going at it, could be quite interesting. But I thought this match was okay. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say it was a standout match. Uh, probably, probably mainly because I kind of saw the ending coming. Well, we all did, if I'm honest. We all saw the ending coming. Mm. But it was okay. It wasn't a bore. It was just kind of like, yeah, okay, John Cena's going to win. Yeah, he's at the United States champion. Now Rusev's kind of lost his, his flow. Let's see what they do with him now. Mm. Uh, I, I I think the um, putting that kind of belt on John Cena is a good idea because at his age now, he's like, what, is he 36, 37? Somewhere around there. Um, he's obviously going to start winding down now as far as major storylines go. At least now he can kind of push other other guys now. Yeah. Because people who fight against, obviously, um, fight against him, they're going to get a bit of a boost. 
because of that. It's going to make them look good. And if yeah. anything, it's sort of, he's still going to be there, you know, for, like, the the kids and what have you that like John Cena. Um, he's still going to be there on the show every week, but he's not going to be expected to basically be at the forefront every week. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's a good move for Cena, but it's just a shame they've had to kill Rusev's monster face, head, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then come the interesting match, which was the uh, the Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. The big question mark of the evening. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's like we said before again about Triple H and Sting. This was the match which I thought got let down entrance wise. Yeah. By the fact that it was in an an open stadium arena, whatever stadium. It was really really light outside. And I think, you know, if you look at the, if you think The Undertaker and you think of The Undertaker's entrance where it all goes dark and then the lights sort of go up like smoke and the lightning and it just, it's just... Atmosphere. Yeah, it's atmosphere and it takes your breath away. But uh, I don't think it worked as well because no, the, the lights were on. It wasn't as right. scary in the daylight. No, no. It goes back to SummerSlam 92. Yeah. At Wembley Stadium. Yeah, but that was dark. He was dark coming down. No, but it was still very... Like, if you look at, like, a lot of them when they'd be coming down, I think Kamala came down, it was still light. Mm. And it's like, well, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> they don't look as scary. No. But it was... Um, Bray Wyatt's entrance, I thought, was amazing. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, you could see that they were constrained for time. Because before every match, it was like, oh, now, you know, fighting, it's Triple H versus Sting. And then they play, like, a video, you know, they play some videotape of the lead-up. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, it's a dead man facing Bray Wyatt. And then Bray Wyatt come out. Mm. You know, what's what's going on? Yeah. His his entrance was awesome, because it was, like, all scarecrows. They were all doing, like, a little funky... I'm actually, you can't see this, but... You can see this. Yeah. I'm doing the scarecrow dance. Yeah. But yeah, that, I thought that was a really cool spot. Um, and then Taker come out, and we actually said while we were watching it, you could see obviously Bray Wyatt was playing off this sort of, you know, I'm not phased, I'm just going to stand here and watch the dead man. But you could see in his face that you knew that the eight year old kid inside him was jumping up and down screaming, Holy shit, that's The Undertaker. And he's coming to get me. Yeah. <laughs> um, he looked really, really good compared to last year. Where he looked like shit. He looked ill. Yeah, fighting. I mean, like we've said before, maybe that was the intention. Yeah. To make. I mean, all right, anyone stood against Brock Lesnar is not going to look that. You know, Brad Lesnar's going to look good. But in order to make Lesnar look unstoppable, if he can look and basically look better and just destroy the dead man, it was going to cement his career for life. Yeah. But. Taker looked really, really... I was surprised how good he looked. Yeah, he moved really well. He looked bulked out. Yeah, he looked healthy. The minute he took his coat off, we both said, he's worked hard for this. Yeah, yeah. He's worked really hard for this. And it was just... It was a, it was a really good match. It had a lot of drama and everything like that. And there was obviously... We had the old school moment when he, when he went on the top row because it's something we haven't seen for a while. Yeah. Because when he tried to do it against Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar just went, no, come on. Yeah, come on, bugger. Come on, and then we got the big boots and the snake eyes and everything. The only thing that was missing was the uh, the last ride. 
Yeah, well, well alright, he's trained hard for this, but could you pick Bray Wyatt up? I'd have a go. Bloody hell. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was the match was relatively slow. I mean, Undertaker's always had, like, a slow, methodical pace. But this match was quite a slow-paced match because, reportedly, Bray Wyatt wrestled with his ankle taped up, strapped yeah. up. Because while he was warming up for the match, he sprained his ankle. Yeah. So they had to strap you up. I mean, you could you you couldn't really he didn't really, really seem limping or anything. No. Um, he was still on a hell of a show. Yeah. I mean, and the, he still did his spider walk, which is still frightening. The moment for me that sold the match, and I think for as long as the Undertaker is wrestling at WrestleMania, they will show this moment every time. Was the fact that uh, I can't remember what movie it was they hit. But Wyatt's lying on his back as is the Undertaker. And then Wyatt sort of pops up in that, like, spider walk thing that he does. And as he's walk, I mean, like, I've said it, and I'll go on a limb by saying, fat people should not be able to do that. It's just wrong. <laughs> uh, he does this spider walk thing, and then Undertaker sort of sat up, and, and they both looked each other in the face, and it was like, wow. Yeah. That was amazing. It was just one of those moments. It, it was a WrestleMania moment. And, it was, and you could see, obviously, it was probably... It was, I'd, I'd say it was partially kayfabe, but more like reality. Yeah, this could, is happening. I'm in this moment. Yeah, and you could see in Bray Wyatt's face, he was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's the Undertaker. It's not the Undertaker. It's like going after me again. But yeah, Taker at the second tombstone of the match, and he got the win. So thoughts on the match? I thought it was really good. I thought it was it was better than I thought it I thought it was gonna be average at best, but no, I really enjoyed it. It was nice to see Taker back to I wouldn't say former glory, but nice to see him looking healthier than he did last year. I don't think Wyatt's character lost any momentum losing to the Undertaker. If anything, I thought it made him look stronger. Um, and all in all I thought both put in a really good performance. Yeah, I, I love the match. It was one of the few matches I was actually really looking forward to because they built it up well and it didn't disappoint in any shape or form and the fact that The Undertaker looked as well as he did just really cemented, yes, this is going to be good. This is going to be a really good match and I, I partially want to watch it again because mm. it was that good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. And now we're at the main event of the evening. The reigning, defending, undisputed WWE heavyweight champion, champion of the world, Brock Lesnar. Against everyone's, well, favourite heel. Yeah. And he's also a wank pheasant. Yeah, apparently. Apparently he is a wank pheasant. Yeah. And it comes back on Raw. Mm-hmm. That sign came back. Roman Reigns. Yeah. I noticed a lot, you get that a lot um, when you watch the events like this, like, like WrestleMania and what have you. Um, a lot of the time, you will see the same signs in the audience. It's not like anyone said, right, you know, I'm... I'm so angry. <laughs> you know, it's like they're sitting at home watching WrestleMania uh, and thinking, I need a sign for tomorrow. Ooh, I know. You know, and then they bust out the Crayolas and sort of copy someone's sign. I mean, I was a guy at WrestleMania. There was the uh, I'm a Hulk Hogan guy. Yeah, yeah. I noticed him at Raw. Yeah. I mean, I, I have seen like 10 minutes of this week's Raw. Um, no, the Wang Fezzen one's brilliant because you like how Roman Reigns kind of comes down the stairs in the arena. Yeah. It's right where he's coming down. 
And the bloke puts the sign right in front of him. And I'm like, yes, the wax peasant's back. I laugh so hard. I like that. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. The the wild thing is, um, we I read out part of a uh, supposed leaked script. This is kind of the one we were talking about last yeah, week. Wasn't yeah, it? Oh, last time. I, I read out parts of that in the last podcast, and it, it turned out it was a fake. But parts of but it were in there. Yeah, how close was it to a uh, to the match? Yeah. The fact that Lesnar basically... Suplex City, bitch. Yeah, he destroyed Roman Reigns with multiple F5s and uh, Bimmy the Jimmy suplexes. The old yeah. best German suplexes. Yeah. Uh, Reigns looked... Well, if anything, I thought he looked lost. Well, a lot of people are kind of arguing against that and... To a degree, I can see where they're coming from. Where they're saying um, it's the kind of thing Roman Reigns needed because he showed that he could take a, a thrashing. Oh, he did get his ass kicked. Like the saying that though, the thing I found funny as well is the fact that Brock Lesnar looked worse off. Yeah, well, because Le- he was bleeding from the word go. Yeah, yeah, I think he caught his face on uh, Lesnar's bloody yeah uh, oh, uh, on. Yeah, Brock Lesnar caught his face on bloody um, on Roman Reigns' is, is de- vest. Is uh, is D'Lo Brown costume. Fuck you. Yeah. It's your fault, D'Lo. Looking sort of halfway between D'Lo Brown and uh, the big the bloke. off Game of Thrones. The no. big bloke. No, the big boss man. Oh, in, right, yeah. Like, Attitude Era boss. Yeah, when man. he was in the corporation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the one. But... Yeah, it's. Um, I think this match was what everyone was thought it was going to be. I think this is what everyone wanted, and just yeah. to see Roman Reigns get the crack kicked out of him. And he did. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, I'll take my hat off to admit it to Super Reigns, as I've been calling him for the last week. Um, he did take a hell of a beating. And he dished out two or three moves. This was, just, yeah. this was Jen's favourite fight. Really? Yeah, said it was that brutal. She loved it. Wow. Yeah, she said it was brilliant, and said she felt really sorry for him, Brock, Brock Lesnar, because he came out bloodier than bloody Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was it was a good, good old-fashioned ass-kicking, really. Yeah. You know, two big guys going in there and beating the crap out of each other. But you only had to watch the um, the lead-up, the video lead-up. Um, Reigns looks lost. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it. Uh, he looks. He basically. You can see that they're holding his hand and leading him through it. Mm. You, you've only got to see the way he cuts promos. He sort of the way he sort of pauses, and you can see he picks out the camera he's gonna speak into. Then he gives this sort of long-winded promo, and there's no. I think I can. There's no emotion in it, and he's got the shittest catchphrase. Believe. That yeah, you've got the shittiest catchphrase ever. I mean, the guy's got all the uh, personality of a slightly undercooked hash brown. Well, I said a dishcloth. Yeah, he's just. I mean, like I um, a, 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 an old wet dishcloth that's kind of gone hard. Yeah, giggly. Yeah. You know, in, in the shield, uh, he was like like I I've said on many occasions. He was the enforcer. He was the the strong, silent powerhouse. He wasn't there because he could talk like The Rock or 
make jokes like Chris Jericho. He was there to basically be Arn Anderson, school of hard knocks, I will kick your ass, I'm a big tough Samoan badass. But now he's on his own. You could see that from a, uh, a personality point of view, he was the weak link in the shield. He kind of needs... Like, I think this is where they've got it spot on. With Lesnar. With Lesnar, because they've got Paul Heyman being his, yeah. being his mouthpiece. Unless, and it works beautifully. Well, let's be honest. He is one of the best talkers. Yeah, he is. As far as managers go, he's up there with Bobby Heenan and uh, Joel Gertner and um, Jim, Jimmy Hart, Mr. And, Perfect. And Mr. Perfect. You know? yeah, yeah. He's definitely up there. Yeah. So and even Zeb Coulter, um, but uh, Dutch Mantel, yeah, he's a fantastic talker. Right, it's, it's a shame that he's off TV. Yeah, I liked him. He had a big mustache. Yeah, but yeah, and uh, you know the uh, like I said before about the, the script that leaked and we we read it out. Boom, come at the end of the match, and I think the mark out moment of the night. Yeah, it was near enough four o'clock in the morning, and everybody <laughs> jumped up. And I accidentally rewound the feet. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to go back to just before where I think it was where Brock did another, another F- F5. Another F5. And then, yeah, because I jumped up off my seat. I was like, oh, they're going to do it. And I got really excited. But the PlayStation remote, well, the PlayStation controller was next to me. And I hit my hand on it. So that obviously caused it to rewind. Everyone was like, what the hell's going on? I was like, it's rewinding. So I pressed the button and luckily it didn't go back that far. So yeah, we have to watch another sort of 30 seconds of the match again. Yeah. And then when it kicked off again, it's like, right, right, let's see what happens. And oh, oh, I was worn out by the end of it. Mm. By the end of that match, I was worn, just the last two minutes, I was worn out because I marked out that much. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that um, they said, and he cashed it in and they said, right, it's now a triple threat match. I thought that was cool. That was really, really cool. And I don't know why I'm nodding. You can't see me No, nodding. no, no. And then, obviously, they managed to get Roman Reigns out the ring. And Seth Rollins kept looking at him. And I, I was screaming, don't look at him. Just just pin yeah. someone. Just I was getting so excited. The, the most excited I've been about a wrestling match for God knows how long. Mm. I was just invested. And then the minute the one, two, three, oh, we it, jumped up, yeah. didn't we? We jumped up out of our chair. You lifted me to the to the, to the heavens. Yeah. And we, even though it was like four o'clock in the morning and probably Gaz's neighbours next door probably weren't happy with us. No. But we, oh, there was celebration all around. I couldn't get to sleep very well after that because I was still buzzing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, if anything, it was the perfect ending because... Yeah. You know it would have pissed people off, um, like we said about Lesnar retaining if he re-signed, and it subsequently he re-signed the week of WrestleMania. Yeah. And you know it would have pissed people off if they'd have been if they'd have put the belt on Reigns because it was predictable. And they, oh yeah, they're building off. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. So we'll prove everyone wrong because they did the same with Daniel Bryan. Maybe that's why they did it. Because yeah. last year, basically every man and his dog told Daniel Bryan, "You can't get past Triple H." And even if you do, you're not going to beat Batista and Randy Orton in a triple threat. So maybe that's why they squashed Roman Reigns. Yeah. Well, not squashed him, because I thought he he basically showed that he can take an ass whooping. Yeah. But maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. But no, I, I think they've, done, they've made the right choice putting the belt on Rollins. Because Rollins can talk, Rollins can wrestle, 
he's awesome. Well, it proved the point that um, when his music hit, oh, the, pop. The, the pop was amazing. Yeah, definitely. It was probably one of the biggest pops of the night next mm. to when um, Brock Lesnar coming out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then when, I, I found it funny that when the one, two, three happened, there was still one or two people in the audience, like, with their hand, the hands on yeah. their heads, like, what just happened? It's like, well, come on, you you could have seen it coming. Definitely. But even though I, I said, oh, I could see it coming, I was still like, well, come on, Sam, come on! It was a fantastic WrestleMania moment. But, I mean, you, you're going to, people are probably going to say, oh, well, you didn't talk about any of the segments or the Hall of Fame or anything like that. And they kind of just speak for themselves, you know, Hall of Fame. I watched bits of the Hall of Fame and it was good. The only thing that upset me, and um, Jericho talked about it in his podcast this week, and I have to agree with him, that when certain people were talking, there was one or two idiots in the audience doing what? And it's like, that's not... Like, one in particular which annoyed a lot of people, and it annoyed me as well, is when uh, Connor's dad was talking. People people would taking the mech and it's like that's yeah, it's a small child that's a small child that died on the other on the other hand uh, the little guy's probably looking down and laughing thinking I'm getting wadded oh, he on pro- wrestling he, he could he be he probably loves it he, prob- he probably does but it's it's one of those it's it's called showing respect oh yeah and the fact that when like s- some of the guys who were accepting awards were going up people were like catcalling and things like that and it's like these guys uh, they're there tonight. To, you wouldn't get to, it. You wouldn't get it at the Oscars. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't <laughs> get it at the Oscars. And Chris Jericho said it best. If you went to watch like something on Broadway or something like that, and halfway through it you were bored and you started going boring, boring, yeah. or do, doing stop the show and all this kind of stuff. I know I'm lifting a lot of this from what he said, but it's one of the best descriptions of this. Yeah. If you started doing that, you would soon you'd be very quickly ejected. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, because, oh, they're at a wrestling thing, it's seen as, well, it's fine. It's okay to do yeah, it now. But, it, but it's not, it's not. When, when you're at a show, when you're at a Raw or a SmackDown or a WrestleMania, do it. Do it. Go you for have, your life. Go for your life. But when you're at the, the Hall of Fame, you have no right to start doing stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, those guys are there to celebrate what they've done for the company. Mm. And they shouldn't have to put up with that crap. Yeah. So I, I agree with everything that Chris Jericho said. I, I'm totally behind him in what he said. I mean, there was people saying, oh, why are the Bushwhackers going in the Hall of Fame? They worked hard. They were memorable. Sure. Yeah, they were memorable. And, and even though people say, oh, well, they were shit wrestlers. Yeah, they weren't the best, but they made an impact on the company. 90% of, um, well, I speaking of my own personal opinion... I remember the Bushwhackers before, and strike me down for saying it. Once again, I'm probably going to get ripped apart on uh, our, on the right on the page. Uh, I remember them before I remember Demolition or, yeah. or Strike Force, yeah, or the Heart Foundation, yeah, or the New Foundation. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, because they were fun. Yeah, they were just you a know, good laugh. That era in the the back end of the Hogan era, that's what the WWE was all about. It was just about fun yeah. and family entertainment. And that's what they were. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was we, we, we were small children, and that's what we remembered was the yeah. silly bushwhackers. The silly bushwhackers licking, coming down doing the walk. Yeah, licking people's faces. I am that. doing the walk while we're doing this, yeah, by the way. Exactly. So yeah, so I I I think that was a bit upsetting, and that really disappointed me. 
because I th- I always thought well the WWE universe is a, a very welcoming universe yeah which is all about celebrating what we've got because at the end of the day most of the time if you go to the average Joe and say I watch wrestling they'll go what do you watch that crap for yeah whereas it should be all when you're in a wrestling community it should be about everyone coming together and just sort of sharing not going oh well they're shit what's that oh well let's let's, ha- let's tackle them when they're doing a, a really heartfelt speech about their about their career yeah. no not on with that no. and then um, some of the se- going to the segments quickly and um, as cool as it was to see Ronda Rousey come out of the audience and then do a spot, man, that bit dragged. Yeah. It dragged. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of flack that people are going to say, oh, it's Ronda Rousey. It was she... nice to see her there. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of the UFC, and it was cool to see her come in, and it was where you get a lot of them, like, they have, they have like, the different celebs that pop yeah, up yeah. and everything. It was nice to see a celeb pop up and do a spot where she hit hit somebody or drop somebody where you know she genuinely dropped them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like when you see her, she judo throwed um, Triple H. through Triple H, and you could see there was no sort of assisted jump or anything yeah. like that. She just grabbed him and threw him. Yeah, you know, and it's that was a night that was that was cool to see, and it was sort of you know after all the um, the animosity sort of whether it's scripted or. It's there. It's sort of people don't talk about it between UFC and WWE, between Vince and Dana White. It was nice to see that basically she was okay what? to uh, to be there and to interact with them. That was cool. Well, at the end of the day, it's cross promotion for the for both companies, so it was good. It was good to see them do that. So, um, but yeah, I thought that was the only real real other segment in there. Mm. But other than that, it was. Um, yeah, it, it it was a good event. I did enjoy WrestleMania yeah. this year. I did really did. And um, like like I said always, if you guys have thoughts on the event, then leave them in the comments and let's let's start a conversation about yes. WrestleMania. Yes, yeah. So what's next? Well, next we've got uh, Extreme Rules popping up on the twenty sixth of April. Yep. Uh, it's probably shaping up to be. I don't know who's going to be fighting. They've not, they've not really laid out, but I, I I'd like to see a triple threat match between um, Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, and Dean Ambrose. Yeah, that could work. Or but I, I was... but then saying that though, you're going back to sort of the ladder match again. I'd rather see something between like Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, and someone else. Yeah, I I read through. Let's get Big E in there. <laughs> uh, I I read through on the uh, the WrestleMania Wikipedia page, which I got all my information from, and it said that Sheamus popped up uh, and kicked the both of them. So I'm guessing that's going to be there's your first match. There's going to be a triple threat match within the Continental Championship, which I think would work because the guy's a fantastic worker. Sheamus yeah. is a good worker. You'll, you'll probably get a match with. Um, you'll probably get a match involving. Um, US title yeah Cena and somebody yeah Cena and somebody yeah. and hopefully we'll get a good world t- title match as well yeah definitely so yeah that'll be we'll probably get that out we'll try and get one out sort maybe, of beforehand yeah maybe the week before uh, Extreme Rules given our uh, let, let the, the universe pan out a little bit and see what's going to happen coming up to the event because at the end of the day we've got to kind of at least have a good card to talk off because we were really panicking towards the date of WrestleMania, we like, have, have they announced everything? Have they announced yeah. everything? 
like I said, we didn't know there was going to be a tag match. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really announced, was it? No, there was nothing there. Then it was literally days after we recorded it. It was. Um, it was. Oh, by the way, there's a tag match. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, Extreme Rules coming up um, Sunday, the twenty sixth of April, from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Thank you, Wikipedia again. <laughs> uh, this, this all amuse actually. Uh, the uh, the background on Wikipedia: Extreme Rules will feature professional wrestling matches that involve wrestlers from pre-existed scripted feuds, plots, and storylines that play out on WWE's primar- primary television programs, Raw and SmackDown. Wrestlers will portray heroes or villains as they follow a series of events that build tension and culminate in a wrestling match or series of matches. It's probably just a bog-standard background that they put on before yeah. every event. Yeah. But, yeah. So, ju- be sure to join us for the uh, the one before and the one um, and the one after Extreme Rules. Yeah, thank you very much for listening to our uh, WWE WrestleMania 31 review. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you didn't enjoy it, talk tits. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Take care.